uh, uh, and it's Friday, Friday. Hey, Mental Speak family. I am your host, Latanya Davidson, coming at you live from Arlington, Texas, at the Fishbowl Radio Networks. Fishbowl Radio Network. Hope this week is finding you well, and hope that you are ending the day uh, with a lot of peace in your life, a lot of joy. Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to, as always, uh, discuss the topics that bring you mental and emotional balance in your life. Today, specifically, talking to parents of children with an autism diagnosis. This is a uh, very, very unique condition. I don't like to call it a disorder. Um, because as you'll see uh, throughout this uh, broadcast, I'm going to bring some information that lets you know that, listen, people with autism, they operate a little differently. They operate a certain way, and um, it's very unique. It's very special for the parents of these children. I am one, so I'm not just talking at you. I am talking with you today, and we're going to, you know, we're going <clears> to <throat> go through some some of the struggles, because there are, there are many. Uh, for those who don't know about autism, you're going to learn a little bit about that today. And as always on this show, going to bring you some tips. Uh, I cannot profess to be an expert. I can't profess to say that I know, have all the answers. I have a mental health practitioner, but I'm going to tell you straight up that uh, I'm still learning as I go. And so I think as people become more aware and understanding that there are a lot of people who fall on the spectrum and don't know it, you're going to be really surprised. I got some fun facts for you. Check this out. You're not going to believe this list of people uh, throughout history diagnosed. Uh, they either have been diagnosed or they have been retrospectively diagnosed by qualified mental health professionals. Check this. Daryl Hannah. For all you 80s folks, she was in, uh, what was that movie? Splash. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. But she's an actress in the 70s and 80s. Daryl Hannah is actually diagnosed with ADHD. Or, I'm sorry, autism. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd has come out and said that he has autism. Charles Darwin. He is one that uh, psychiatrists and psychologists have actually, what they call retrospectively diagnosed as having this diagnosis. Courtney Love, for those of you alternative rock fans, can you believe Courtney Love has been diagnosed with uh, autism, Asperger's to be exact, and I'm gonna differentiate Asperger's symptoms from autism today. Down the line, Mozart, right? Makes sense, a lot of the, the symptoms that I'm gonna share with you, it's gonna make total sense for someone who's at that high level of uh, functioning and, and focus, um, that's what signals to them that he may have been on the spectrum. And just down the line, Einstein, filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, Hans Christian Andersen, he's a children's author, Benjamin Banneker, who's an African-American uh, author, surveyor, naturalist, Susan Boyle, the singer, I don't know, was it American Idol? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, it was uh, America's Got Talent. Tim Burton, movie director, autistic, right? Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland, autism. Henry Cavendish, scientist, 
um, Emily Dickinson, the poet. What? Uh, Bill Gates. Uh, my understanding is there's not been like confirmation of that, but just based off of his personality, some of the some of the what, what we say what we call quirkiness, right? That can kind of signal someone is on the spectrum. Steve Jobs is believed to have been on the spectrum. Uh, some of the people that worked with him say that a lot of the behaviors that he exhibited uh, were along those lines. Uh, they're saying Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson is on this list. Temple Grandin, a lot of you may know of her. She was an animal scientist. She was very open about having it. Uh, Albert Kinsey is one of the uh, early sex uh, sociologists of the 60s. Um, Michelangelo, Sir Isaac Newton. This one is Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld himself has said that he believes that he may be on the spectrum. So Andy Warhol, William Butler Yeats, poet Nikola Tesla, the creator of uh, Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri. Man, right? So listen, it's a condition that is, for, for those of us uh, raising this generation of children, it's something that's just now coming into our uh, you know, to our minds that there's people on what we know to be the autism spectrum. However, generations, generations of people uh, may have exhibited these symptoms. So interesting fun facts there. Just kind of want to plant that in your minds as you go through. Uh, those of you who are parents of children on the spectrum, what you may find out today through through this discussion you might exhibit spectrum behavior it's possible it is quite possible it's something that you'll you know um i know for myself one thing my my son when he uh was diagnosed adhd <laughs> the doctor's going down the list of all the things you know it, it looks like this no concentration no focus impulsivity talks all the time, can't sit still in class, messing with the other kids, doesn't sleep well, never takes naps. I'm like, dude, that's me. <laughs> it ex explained my entire childhood, my entire, um, <laughs> starting in preschool, <laughs> probably earlier, my, my mother would say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, next thing you know, I'm like, you know, going to the doctor like, I think I have ADHD. Sure enough, boom. So some parents may find that uh, you exhibit, you know, spectrum-like behavior. But I think we all do. I think we all do. And as I, as I discuss some of, these, uh, some of these different symptoms and behaviors, uh, you know, you may say to yourself, whoa, sounds like me. Now I'll tell you, as one of the the doctors that I uh, took my son to see, as he said, labeling the the label of autism is nothing more than for understanding. Okay. And last week I had on a nurse practitioner, Naja Nelson, and we were talking about you know how in many shows I've talked about how you put a label on someone 
in mental health, you're not putting it there to, uh, you know, add the person to to the stigma, right? Or you're not you're not adding it to embarrass them. You're adding it so that they can get resources, and you're adding it so that they can have an understanding of who they are. And as I'm going to present in uh, tonight's discussion, you're going to see that it allows people to really fully come into their being. Uh, once you know why you do what you do, then your life starts to make sense to you. And I think for the, the people who find themselves on the spectrum, uh, maybe later on in life, then their whole entire life starts to make sense. So that's what we're trying to do here today, trying to, trying to give, you know, give some understanding, give some awareness about it, and then, you know, if you need to seek help, then that's what you got to do. That's that's completely what this is about. So, autism. Uh, one thing, you know, we went through these last few few years. For those of you, I know a lot of people paid attention, but starting in about 2000, when a lot of the research started, the more recent research began, they realized that it seemed like there was this boom, right? This big, huge boom of, of autism diagnosis. And so people were like, you know, what's going on? You know, why, why the prevalence? And what we found is that it, it's more noticeable. Um, more of the symptoms started to exhibit themselves. Uh, I, I think a lot of us can remember when we were growing up, you would you would come across a child and you knew something was different about that child, right? You knew something was, um, I, don't, I don't know the words you used where you came from, but you know, and they might've been derogatory terms, but the fact of the matter is you knew that that child was just a dip, kind of a different kid. And so what the belief is, is that more of those kids have started to you know, be recognized in the school setting. And so as they became recognized in the school setting and um, some of their behaviors were being exhibited at home, more people were going to the doctor, right? More people have access to mental health care. So that's maybe one of the reasons why there seemed to be this uptick in um, recognizing that people were, you know, being diagnosed with autism. So 2000, the number, the prevalence was about 6.7 children per one or per 1,000 children, right? Which translated into about one in 150. So fast forward to 2012, it's one in 68, okay? One in 68 children, um, and it may even be more than that now. Amongst boys, those of you with sons, this is something to hear, okay? Boys is more prevalent. So about 4.5 more times prevalent in boys. So boys are actually sitting at about one in 42. So if you're seeing some of these behaviors, by all means, you know, I wanna preempt that again with the label is for resources. The label is for um, awareness and knowledge because I'm going to tell you this if your child is on the spectrum 
and you are not aware of it, the way that you deal with your child is is got to change because you may find that some of the ways that you're approaching your child and you're scratching your head and you're asking yourself, why won't my child do this? Why isn't my child doing what his siblings are doing? I had a parent, you know, I was doing a, a family session and, and the mother was saying, uh, you know, my other two kids, they do what they're supposed to do. This one won't do that. And so this particular child had been spending years into his teenage years being told, you're not like your siblings. What's wrong with you? What is your problem? Why can't you do this like them? That's suspected that he may be on the spectrum, but there is no diagnosis. And so if you don't have a diagnosis and you're trying to deal with this child in a particular way, you know, it's something to think about. Because now you've got to ask about the implications of, you know, what is their self-esteem like, um, you know, from, from years of being compared to their siblings or, you know, being told that they're not good enough or they're not able to do certain things that other kids can. Or maybe your child does recognize that they're different than, than other kids, right? You're just like, oh, it's no big deal. You're just growing pains. It's, it's nothing, right? Well, maybe getting that diagnosis can help your child to understand why they engage the way they do socially. Or maybe your child can, you know, be able to see, oh, okay, you know, this is why I'm a little bit different. This is why, you know, certain things bother me or why I can't accomplish certain tasks the way other kids do or maybe why I'm struggling in school. So today can be crucial, man. Somebody's life could could be changed just by by hearing this information. That's why I always say, man, you know, this show, yeah, I may talk about a specific topic, but my goal is that I'm sharing knowledge and information that we don't typically hear, you know, or we're not talking about it on a broad enough scale, but we now have the platform to do it, or another platform to do it, rather. And that that's all I want to do here today is is bring you that information so you can look at your life and kind of suss it up and say, hey, you know, we we might could use some of that. Or you share it with a family member or a friend, which is what I always hope you'll do uh, when you're listening to Middle Speaker. You're watching on Facebook Live. Hi, everybody on Facebook Live and listening on FBRN.us. Uh, so, again, we, um, we're going to accomplish some things today. We're, we're going to break this thing down called autism. Um, we're going to look at the symptoms. We're going to look at the ways that it can impact uh, your child's life, the way it may be affecting them in the school setting, the way it may be affecting them in the home setting and the social setting. And then the goal is always to give you some tips, how to, how to reach out to a practitioner, how to start going down the path of getting help, uh, how to help you to make some decisions at home and some ways that you need to shift, maybe some resources that you can look into to uh, start to help engage your child a little bit different, whether you have the diagnosis or not, whether you need to get the diagnosis, okay? As always, you can call me here in the studio, area code 214-717-4678. Again, 214-717-4678. This is a topic very near and dear to my heart. Um, 
I've, I've got a son on the spectrum. It's been a joy, a little tough, but very rewarding. And uh, I don't know that we have to work any more harder than the next parent. I mean, every every child has its challenges, but it, it, it adds some special challenges, but it adds some special joys too. So we're going to delve into that today on Mental Street. Thank you so much for tuning in. Down the street, he says, Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well lit door. Just a beer, belly, beer, belly. Get these mutts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal. I can call you Betty, Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model? Now that my role model is gone, gone He duck back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl All along, along, there were incidents and accidents There were hints and allegations If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal I can call you daddy, and daddy when you call me
welcome back to the Middle Speak show. Had to throw on a little Paul Simon there. A little You Can Call Me Out. It's one of my, my favorite little quirky jams in, in honor of our of our uh, Spectrum kids. Uh, this is Autism Awareness Month. And so I had to do a show. I mean, I had to do a show, clearly, uh, to get some hope out there because that's what we do. You know, mental, emotional balance because... Raising a child on the spectrum is, man, it'll throw you for a loop. It'll throw you for a loop. So the goal today is to give you some of that balance. So I saved this particular person uh, for this segment, okay? This is going to be probably some new information, maybe a little mind-blowing to some people. But this particular person, this famous person, actually admitted admitted himself uh, as having what's called Asperger's. It's a uh, type of autism. It's no longer recognized by the psychiatric community as uh, Asperger's, but the term is still used because a lot of people identify with the community of being what we call an Aspie. Okay, we have Asperger's. You have some of these little key telltale markers, but it's all on the autism spectrum now. Okay, so this person's lyrics, give you the lyrics first. He says, ever heard of Asperger's? It's a rare condition. It's what you're suffering from when you simply don't care if it's an 80 degree day and there's no freaking air conditioning. That's one song. Then another song, he says, I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of a twisted experiment am I evolved in? Because I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority, defiant often, flying off the handle at my mom, no dad. So I am non-compliant at home, at school. I'm just shy and awkward. And I don't need no GD psychologist trying to diagnose why I have all these underlying problems. Take a guess. None other than Eminem. That's Eminem, Marshall Mathers. He himself and and it's never you know it's not been something that's been advertised or you know put out or spoken about but he himself and there's another song I didn't get the lyrics from that one uh, but these are from um, Legacy and uh, what is that other these are from the Marshall Mathers LP too okay so Marshall Mathers Eminem and it makes total sense like if you really think about you know the way he is as a lyricist the the way that he you know he talks about his anger and getting bullied in school and uh, just the struggles that he had emotionally it makes total sense makes total sense so just a little tidbit of info man fun fact and tell your friends blow their minds like what Marshall Mathers Eminem autistic yes that's what it's it's what he said. Uh, it sounds like he has a diagnosis for it. So let's look at what, you know, what what is it, okay? Um, it is a condition, okay? It's considered like a neurological decision possibly, um, but, uh, or diagnosis. It's characterized by... <clears throat> social interaction that isn't typical 
right? People on the spectrum have a hard time reading other people's uh, behaviors, social behaviors. Um, there can be an issue with reasoning. The reason that it's called a spectrum is that you have on one end, you have uh, high, what they'll say is high functioning, right? You almost can't even tell that there's a problem. And then obviously there's the other end of that spectrum where those are the people that you may see that are severely autistic. We're talking, if you remember the movie Rain Man. Um, but then you have nonverbal category. So you have children that are, um, they can't speak uh, at all. Uh, they may not even be able to take care of their own um, activity, activities of daily living. So they can't care for themselves. So that's the far end of the spectrum, that's severe cases of autism. And then again, you're coming all the way to the other side where you're, you're seeing people functioning. They may have some of these issues with the social cues and with, the, um, with their social reasoning uh, or being able to control their emotions. That's another thing, you know, going back to Eminem, if you look at a lot of his songs, he talks about just not being able to control his anger, just having a lot of rage and for him, uh, rap was a way to channel a lot of that. And so the understanding physiologically is that uh, if, if a person's neurons, so on our neurons, I don't want to get too, too scientific on you, but the way, if you think about it like this, you look at an electrical cable and it has a sheath on it, right? So a person on the spectrum does not have this sheath or it's a thin sheath or they don't have it at all. So they're short circuiting all the time, just a constant short circuit. So that when that nerve fires, there's nothing stopping that electric impulse. Okay. So just think about this person is always on short circuit. So if you, uh, for those of you that see in the movie Rain Man, if you remember when it's time for him to, anytime he has to go do something, you'll see him just kind of shut down. And there's a point where uh, his brother's getting ready to take him on an airplane and he has a total meltdown in the airport. Just absolute, complete overload and is unable to throttle himself back so that it may look like a breakdown. It may look like a rage, right? It may look like this uncontrollable outburst and this person is unable to slow themselves down. That's what's happening when someone's ner nerves are firing off. Okay? So that's what you're, you're looking at when someone is on the spectrum. Okay? They may have difficulty making friends. They may be teased. Um, there is some of that awkwardness that goes on. Um, language abilities. Um, they say that they may be unusual. Um, they may have advanced vocabulary. They may be able to use big words and things like that, but they're not able to have a, a straight conversation, right? They may be talking at you. They're not able to talk with you. Um, they may like sounds. They may like to, to make different sounds with words and um, things that are atypical, right? Repeating certain words. They may like to sing certain songs over and over. This is what that may look like. They may be fascinated with a topic uh, that's unusual in intensity or focus. So the, the child likes to read about, I don't know, earthworms, 
They like to read about earthworms and they like to talk about earthworms and they want to study all things earthworms and they want to uh, tell you about it and they want to go to the library and they they want to watch videos on it and they may obsess about it and it may be something that they do for a short period of time and then they switch to a new obsession. So that's something that you may see with a child on the spectrum. Uh, they may be clumsy. They may not be able to walk. Their gait is a little off. Uh, again, you you know, you're growing up and you see that child that maybe walks on their tiptoes. That's something that you see a lot. Uh, they may need, uh, th for those parents uh, with kids on the spectrum, they're probably nine times out of ten pretty messy. Probably pretty messy. I would, I would venture to say someone could write me <laughs> or <laughs> call me up. You're going to tell me that your child is extremely messy human being. Um, and no matter what you do, you cannot get them to be clean. They, they cannot organize. Um, the things that they organize or become very focused on is, is typically not going to be chores. Uh, you may ask them, to put their socks into their dirty clothes, they cannot, it'll seem like they don't care, like they're not listening, and this is gonna be one of those things that's important for parents that are struggling and you're, you're, you're just tired of, you don't understand why you've said this 100,000 times. This may be something because they struggle with organizational skills. It, it's, you know, you may have to come up where you're putting three different hampers in the room something like that okay and we're going to get to that as far as tips to help but just know that organization is not the forte okay sensitivity to specific sounds aromas textures or touch so this child does not like certain materials touching their skin or they like certain materials touching their skin uh, there's there's kids that are fascinated with latex or fascinated with velvet or whatever that is, and then there's other kids that are averse to certain things touching their skin. So they don't like uh, tags in their shirt. They have to wear a certain type of sock or certain type of socks get on their nerves or uh, certain smells. Uh, I know one thing. You know, my child is smells just. Even good smells, incense, it's overwhelming, it's overpowering. So you may have this issue with your child where, um, you know, they're just going on about the way something feels or something smells or something tastes. A lot of parents will find that their kids cannot eat certain foods, certain textures of foods, they just can't do it. Now, see, in the old school, that, this is something that we dealt with, and this is why, you know, I, I really beg of parents uh, today, you know, we come from a different time. Yes, it was, you're going to sit here, you're going to eat this. I don't care if you don't want it. I don't care if you don't like it. This is what we're doing. Okay? And so you, <laughs> you, you, you demand, you know, you're going to sit here until this food is eaten, but maybe didn't take into account that the texture of the food is something that the child can't even... It, it's not even that they don't want to dislike it. They can't like it, okay? They may put it on their tongue, and because they're so 
sensory driven uh, if they're on the spectrum good luck right and you may be punishing them you know or calling them out for something that they just cannot do so these are just some things to kind of have in the back of your mind if you've seen these type of things in, in your child right nothing new to those who already have the diagnosis and your kids are on the on the spectrum okay so their thought process is um, what a lot of people will see is you have the you have a child who's on the spectrum and they're exhibiting some of these uh, behaviors and and uh, different characteristics and criteria you may be saying to yourself like this is just a bad kid right and I hate that word I hate the word bad I just don't it, it like throw it out of your vocabulary because there are no bad kids okay there are human beings reacting to their environment that's what's going on it's it's a person who is reacting to their environment in a way that helps them to calm their nervous system or they're not able to calm their nervous system. All human beings are, if you think about it, is just a big antenna, right? We, we're, we're full of nerves, we're chock full of nerves and all those nerves are just antennas. That's all they are, they pick up, uh, they pick up and sense everything in our, in our uh, environment from heat to smell to taste right touch cold all those different things that we feel and the person who is on the spectrum feels these things at a higher level because their nervous system again does not have the protective coating on the wires which are the nerves okay so they're constantly short-circuiting so if you have a child that very easily gets angry, starts to rage a lot. Uh, you have a child who gets overwhelmed when you take them to the family uh, functions, right? Or you take them to church or, you know, you take them to the grocery store. I know one place that I see this quite a bit is when I see parents take their kids, like, to the, to the store, be in Target or something, and the child is just falling out and you know people be looking at the child like god what is wrong with that child and the parent may be like god you just need to calm down not realizing that the lights right the fluorescent lights may have triggered your child to not be able to calm down your child might be overwhelmed by the number of people in the store they play music now in you know walmart and and target and all these other different stores uh here in the u.s maybe it, it, you've been out all day right you've been you've been to ross and everybody knows ross is like the worst store ever <laughs> if you have social social anxiety issues if you don't have social anxiety issues going to ross will drive you crazy so <laughs> but you've got this you know this toddler you know this four-year-old five-year-old and you've taken them there, you've taken them to Target, you've taken them to the grocery store, you go to Costco, wherever you go, wherever you shop, you're taking your kids out and they're breaking down. And you have to take into account the fact kids already are gonna get overwhelmed and get tired, but a child who does this constantly all the time, if you find yourself saying, 
man, I don't really feel like taking little Timmy to the the store because every time I go to the store, he falls out. Well, consider that your child may have some sensory issues, okay? A person on the spectrum, I'm going to shift into communication. A person on the spectrum may not be able to communicate well, and so they either say things, absolutely no filter, no thought. Now, kids are already going to do that, right? These are going to be for your older kids where they're just not able to really, um, they're just not regulating thought. It just comes out. Remember, there's some reasoning issues there. You may have a child who follows uh, what other kids do without thought. And you're saying, like, God, if they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Well, if there's reasoning issues, uh, they call it executive functioning, like the ability to stop yourself and to check yourself and say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't do that. Well, if you have a child that has a tendency to follow and do what the other kids do, or you, I recall uh, a, a child in our neighborhood who the neighborhood kids can make her do or say anything. And looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, she, you know, she may have been uh, what we call intellectually disabled, or she may have been on the spectrum, but I just remember she didn't have any, there was nothing stopping her. And you could say, hey, you know, go throw that rock over there. And she'd pick up the rock and throw it, you know. And it's unfortunate, but that's, you know, that that's what it looks like. Um, and, then, and so they'll say that there's a remarkable honesty about, their, about these kids. There may be a lot of... Uh, you know, a sense of naivete where they just don't know things, right? You can tell them anything and they'll believe it. Um, They may not know how to resolve conflict. They may fight constantly and you're saying like, God, why are you always going and looking for the fight? Why can't you stop? They may impulsively bother their siblings or other kids. They may be the child in school that um, is messing with other kids. Don't recognize boundaries, okay? They may not have that capacity. they don't tend to, they may not get embarrassed. They may not feel embarrassment for you, right? <laughs> like, why are you doing that? That's, that's embarrassing. We don't do that. But they don't have that ability to read that as a social cue. Hey, we don't do that, okay? Um, they're going to try to be logical about certain situations and not too intuitive. So you're going to find these kids are very absolute you're going to find that there's not a lot of, hmm, maybe I shouldn't, you know, let, let me let me check with myself and see what is the best choice to make in this situation. So not a lot of intuition. They're going to focus a lot on fact. And if it's not there, you know, they're going to just go for it. If it's not something that they can reason uh, within their limitations, then, then they may... Uh, make decisions that don't make any sense to you and you're like god common sense would tell you not to do that but they don't have that filter right they don't have a common sense filter um and you may find that they you know just over time as they're unable to engage with other people socially um then you know as they struggle to communicate and as they get older and they start to realize that they're not able to do it you may find either more frustration as they continue to do it and fighting and anger, or you may find them to start to socially withdraw. And that's where you start to see the depression and, and social anxiety. 
isolation, things like that, that kick in. So it can be, it can be rough. It can be rough. And so this is why I say to parents, you are going to be the first line of defense for these kids, right? It's, if, if you're trying to parent them, hear me, if you hear nothing else I say today in this broadcast, you have to make the decision that you can't do what you used to do. The whole, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this and I, I've been, I go round and round with different parents. I don't care. We're going to do this the way my dad did it and my grandmother did it and my mom did it. This is how we parented kids and it's not going to work, okay? Can't squeeze the blood from the turnip, as they say. So you can keep trying, right? But isn't that the definition of insanity? And the goal here is for you to find balance as a parent. And the other part of that is to get these kids to good. Um, and if you know the signs, you can get them help. And part of getting help is for you as a parent to start to make some changes and make some decisions and some things you can do differently. We're going to keep keep at it keep giving you more you are listening to the middle speak radio show on the fishbowl radio network
couldn't explain. You never know if you're in frame. Tying me up with elastic words. I'm on a countdown till I get hurt. A blood was hot, she burned so bright. A neon sign there in the night. It's hard to say if I went too far. My heart still bears a scar. I just wanna be Speak show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. I'm your host, Latani Davison, licensed master social worker, and we're talking today about raising children on the autism spectrum. I would tell you, it is, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know we we got to talk about it, right? We got to talk about these things. We we're getting to the point where you got a lot of information out there. Got a lot of you know, a um, lot of access to information, but we're not able to, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. It, I, I still run into people that are just like, oh, I don't know what that is. I, I don't understand. You know, so I'm consolidating it. Let's get it. However, we can get it. This is just one format of getting it. But I really want us to understand that there are probably some kids out there falling through the cracks. Um, it does it 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 costs you know it costs the kids socially um it costs medically right um uh, if kids are not getting what they need um you may be putting resources into uh into the wrong things right i think a big thing for some of these kids is getting into trouble right that's another aspect of this i can't address every every part of this but you know kids are getting into trouble and um, they're not, it's not necessarily being accounted for that they have these issues. So how many kids are going into juvenile hall, right? How many of them grow up and, and end up in the, ju- in the justice system uh, and, and all it was was they needed a diagnosis, okay? So resources are being spent to house people in jail, but what if you caught it beforehand, right? What if you were able to catch it just by looking at some key signs uh, that something was going on and then you stop labeling them bad kids? And that's more than anything. That's the message of the day. Uh, Autism awareness, you know, we're grateful for campaigns like this because we're able to get the information out, consolidate it and say, hey, look, we got stuff going on. Uh, let's, let's figure out what we could do better, how we could fix it, right? So in this case, I just submit to your parents um, you know, listen, listen up, man. We, you know, we, we can get the knowledge. We can get the information. It's here. It's for the taking. I'm going to do the digging for you, and then I'm going to present it to you. Huh? <laughs> we are not done yet on the other side. I'm going to give you those tips. We're going to get some hope. We are going to, um, you know, just give people a positive approach to this. 
how we can do this. And for those of you, if you're living with it or you don't know that you're living with it, man, there's there there's some there's some positive to come from it. It's not all it's not all dim. Okay, I got you. Make sure you come back. You're listening to Mental Speak. Your voice matters. Jump in. radio show on the world-renowned Fishbowl Radio Network, broadcasting you live from North Texas. I am your host, LaTanya Davison, and uh, that was uh, Suzanne Vega with DNA, Uncle Tom's Diner, man. I throw in some old-school jams to help us feel good and help us digest some of these heavy topics that that we talk about. And uh, the one today, no less heavy, we're talking about Raising children on the autism spectrum. Uh, just giving a little bit of tidbits of information from um, from the not so much the clinical. I, I give I bring the clinical perspective, but it's real life, right? It's real life. Uh, parents are living out there, and I think um, for those of you who uh, already have the diagnosis for your children, what I find is that you're so resourceful. You know what's going on. Um, some are still kind of uh, really don't know which direction to go. You're kind of throwing up your hands. You don't really have answers. Uh, met a mom today who was just like, I don't know what to do for my child. Uh, has no direction to go. Um, so I want to kind of 
give you give you a little bit of direction. It is Autism Awareness Month. Uh, April is, and it's um, you know to be coming to a close. But it's a good time for uh, for us to bring it to light and discuss it and see what the needs are. You know, see where people are struggling and then help to meet that need, to fill in the gap, give you some answers. And uh, as we do on Mental Speak each week, help you find mental and emotional balance. So let's do that. We talked in the first hour, uh, just gave you some of the some of the symptoms, some of the, the uh, signs. Uh, if you don't already have the diagnosis, uh, I gave them particularly for parents who maybe you've seen them, but you're not quite sure what you've been dealing with. And uh, so you listen back to the show, definitely go through and kind of, you know, just look at your child, look at your child. It's not for you to make yourself diagnosis, but it is to kind of say, hmm, you know, I wonder and get them help because the sooner you get them help is the sooner everyone has understanding the sooner you can approach your discipline and your expectations of them realistically, okay? Uh, the, the thought amongst clinicians is that there may be children that are, you know, being punished, um, in the worst cases being abused if they're on the spectrum because the, the parent isn't able to, to determine that the child has a certain capacity based on the autism. There's only so much that you can do when you have autism and there's limitations mentally, okay? It, 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 is, a, it is a disabling condition in certain aspects. Now, you'll hear all the time people like, oh, but they're so smart, he's so smart. Well, yeah, they're smart. Uh, there's a lot of intelligence there, but when it comes to the nervous system, which is what is believed to be affected with autism, the child doesn't have the ability to regulate certain parts of their emotions and their thoughts and their behaviors. So, you know, one thing I hear people, well, you can't give an excuse. You know, you can't make up excuses and you can't justify it. No, you can't. However, you do need to have understanding. That'd be like, you know, someone uh, having, having a disability, you know, with being able to walk. You're not going to say, you can walk if you want it to. You know, if you don't, you don't get this belt. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And the same thing goes for these kids. And you have to be able to have expectations um, to help them operate within what they can do. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean they get to get out of their chores because they struggle with organization, something we talked about the first hour. But, you know, you may have to you know, modify the chores that they do to fit the child, which is what I hope we're doing with our kids anyway, right? We gotta, we gotta start modifying things. Well, it wouldn't happen what my parents did with me. Well, you know what? That's why we're messed up now. <laughs> Just my thoughts. Um, but, you know, kudos to those of you who are, who are trying, man, every day. I'm with you. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. I am also raising uh, a child uh, on the spectrum so it is not easy but we can make it easier okay I want to give you some more of the advantages of getting the diagnosis for your child okay um, I, I turned to uh, the research of um, his name is Todd Atwood MD Tony Atwood MD apologize 
he is one of the foremost researchers of autism, particularly Asperger's. Uh, the Asperger's is no longer, uh, they, they, do, they do not call it that um, because all it, autism used to be broken down into five different types. Uh, I would give them all to you. Pervasive developmental disorder and uh, then it was like low functioning and Asperger's and sorry I can't bring them all but <laughs> can't remember all of them. Uh, but the point being is um, Asperger's largely affects socialization. Okay, that's the, the the main thing you have to understand about that. And uh, but all forms of autism now fall on a spectrum of whether you can do it more or you can do it less. High functioning down to low functioning behaviors. Okay but they may have different intellectual capacity. So uh, Hans Asperger is the, uh, was an Austrian pediatrician, and that is, that is who the syndrome is named after. Um, and it was in 1944. They could tell that there was uh, no nonverbal communication. There were issues in, in, in being able to understand how other people felt, and they were really clumsy. That was, so they had this, little branch of autism that they called Asperger's. And you can still see it. I know for myself clinically uh, working with kids, I can, I can look at one, I can look at one and I can tell, I'd say, oh, that's an Aspie. You know, this one's autistic and that one's Asperger's. You, the little telltale signs that you get. Um, but for all sense and purposes, all autism. Okay, so getting that diagnosis for these kids, uh, according to Dr. Atwood, can build their confidence. You know, um, if they're after five years old and they have an understanding, hey, it's not that something's wrong with you, it's not a disorder, but it's a different, we call it difference. And what that has to do with is your nervous system does not operate like other people's. Um, in some ways, some of the behaviors can be disordered and it can be disabling. But what you want to present to your children, whether they have the diagnosis or not, or you suspect it, is that they're just, they operate differently. The way they think is different. The way they behave is going to be different, but it's not bad. Okay? And so there's going to be ways that we have to work with them. Um, because we want to continue to build their self-esteem and their confidence. But if you're making them feel bad for the things that they do, it's going to be a little hard to do that. Um, so when you take them in, what would happen? You take them into a, a, a qualified mental health professional that can do testing. A lot of times it's going to be a psychologist uh, <clears throat> or licensed clinical social worker or um, psychiatrists don't typically do it. They'll typically... Um, do the medication side of the house, uh, but once you go in, there will be a list of criteria, all the sim all the different behaviors that I presented in the first hour. They'll be looking at those, and in a lot of cases, if they meet six or more, and they are uh, very, you know, it's it's subjective, so it's going to be the diagnosis is not something that. It's not one plus one is two, okay? It's not some mathematical form. It's going to be over time 
what has been observed. And so for those of you parents, if you take your child in, the assessor is going to do a lot of talking to you. You're even going to take an assessment, and you're going to mark down the different things and behaviors and uh, traits that you've seen in your child. So a lot of it's going to come from you, okay, and what you've seen. And teachers will get an instrument as well. They call an instrument, diagnostic instrument. You'll send that to school with the teacher because the teacher's with them all day, right? So they've, they've seen a lot of these behaviors with the child. And so it, it's, it's a comprehensive testing that goes on. And so you'll triangulate home, school, and the assessor, and they'll put that together. And from there, you get a diagnosis, okay? Um, a lot of adults end up getting this done, you know, later in life. And like the child, the whole life comes together and makes sense, right? You may make sense to your spouse or to your siblings and family members and things. Like your parents might go, oh, okay, that, that makes sense, okay? So positives to getting the diagnosis, finding out about who you are and why you've been different and why you've been doing things the way you've been doing or your child has, it's okay, one thing I always say on this show is approach things fearlessly, right? Go for it, man. Find out what you need to find out. It's okay. Because if nothing else, self-awareness, self-awareness goes a long way uh, with building your self-esteem. And then if you've had limitations because of it, now you can find what you're good at. You can go find your strengths, right? Okay. Okay. So, again, it's not, you know, it's not the severity of what you have, okay, according to Dr. Atwood, but what's important is expectations, the way you cope with these symptoms, and then the support that you have, right? More than anything is parents, if you do find out that your child has a diagnosis, you're going to need a support system. You're going to need people that understand, and your child's going to need you because you are going to understand. You are your child's best advocate, okay? I can't say that enough. You are your child's best advocate because once you get a diagnosis, you're going to be the go-between when that child goes to school. You're going to be the, the go-to person, the expert for that child as they are, you know, in social interactions. Um, family members are going to need to know. They're going to be able to need to be educated. Teachers, more than anything, you're going to have to be able to communicate with your teachers because your child, once they get into the school system, are going to need supports. We call these accommodations. So. You're going to have to, you're going to be the, the main person that needs to know. And again, this is why it's so important for you to have understanding because if you've been approaching your child from the sense that they're bad and you're walking around telling people, man, my child's just bad, my child's just bad, and your child's just different, how can you advocate if you believe your child is bad, right? There's, there's no way that, that you can be helpful, you know, if you're telling people, man, my child just doesn't know how to follow directions or... You know, or you're constantly punishing them for things that they literally do not have the capacity to do based on the fact that they're on the spectrum, okay? So um, another thing you may see is um, other 
what we call comorbid uh, conditions that go along with that. So some of these kids have really, really bad social anxiety. You know, if you found yourself, you want to go take your child somewhere and they just can't do it, you know, or they, they have meltdowns or they have a lot of anxiety, they may have that social anxiety. They may have clinical depression, which you have been thinking was laziness, was actually your child gets overwhelmed, they break down, and, you know, they have to sleep, you know, or they're, they're not able to sleep well at night, so they're tired in the day. Um, things like that, and it, it you know, or maybe due to depression, okay? So uh, just, you know, kind of know and, and understand that these are going to be some things that if you do go get your child assessed, you're going to have to be able to bring all this background knowledge, okay? I want to I focus on the positives, though. So you have the diagnosis. You go to get the diagnosis. Now you can access the resources, right? You're able to go and you're able to uh, go to the school, you're able to get the accommodations, you're able to uh, help your child excel and exceed a little bit better, you're able to find out a little bit more what they're good at. You know, if you're, you have a child that is obsessed over numbers uh, or a child that is obsessed over trains and, you know, or whatever it is, now you can start to focus what their interests are and you're not trying to force them into something that doesn't align with them this is going to be particular for the let's say you're a sports loving father and you want your child to play baseball okay or any of the sports and they're not athletically inclined because remember one of the uh, one of the criteria for having autism is that you may be clumsy so they may take like this physical fortitude to play that your child doesn't have. And so you're like, shoot, you know, I want you to play basketball. Why can't you play basketball? Why are you not good at this? And they just don't have it. So, but you find out that your child loves math, right? They love solving math problems or they love computers. So as opposed to trying to force them into something that they're not really aligned with physically, you can focus more on the mental, okay? So that, you know, something to consider so again another reason to know because now you can focus on the strengths and not the weaknesses okay a lot of these kids are going to have special interests and things that they like and they obsess about my son would go from bugs to cars you know and it and it and he would go hard on it like i'm like okay you know bugs i like bugs okay so we're buying books on bugs and you know it's a typical kid thing but these kids go hard man they're like i want to go to the library and i want to study and then that's what i want to be and uh that <laughs> it just it can be tiresome to you but it's kind of a beautiful thing because again if you if you recall that list of famous people that i went down like think of the mozart think of the stanley kubrick I mean, have you seen The Shining, right? You've seen uh, all these, Michelangelo, I mean, Sir Isaac Newton. Like, if, if what they're saying is legit, that these dudes retrospectively have been found to be on the spectrum. Tesla, Nikola Tesla, like, are you serious right now? He has a car named after him, posthumously. Dude's got a car. 
that kind of focus uh, clearly there was a lot of isolation if you look at their lives so there was this hardcore focus on the things that they love so imagine yourself as a parent you find out that your child has you know this targeted focus even to the point of obsession imagine imagine what they could be okay think of think think of down the line okay some um you know, another reason for you to start thinking about, uh, you know, if it's something that you want to get your child assessed, but looking at the positives of it is a lot of these kids have academic abilities that are going to be above their grade level, right? So you're seeing that these child, th- these kids have a very distinctive learning style. There's certain talents that they have. Um, and if you pick that up early, you're able to help the teacher kind of cultivate it and teach to that, Right? as opposed to focusing on this, you know, uh, the reading, writing, arithmetic that other kids are able to kind of conform to. These kids, these kids don't necessarily, they're not able to do it that way. So you can kind of get a little bit of, uh, you can think outside of the box with your child. Um, you know, you can, uh, you, you can be more free with your child, so to speak, once you realize that this is how they learn. Typically, we would, you know, be looking at all the limitations, and there are limitations. There are there are barriers, no doubt. Um, a lot of them are going to be social. Some are going to be educational. But at the same time, if we're focusing on the strengths, man, Mozart, Tesla, I'm not saying every kid's you know, maybe they all have the capacity. Maybe, you know, it's possible and consider that the way that their minds work, the way that they are able to isolate socially and, and maybe maybe the sensitivities that they have uh, based on their nervous system, maybe it makes them sensitive to certain things that we just don't understand. And that's what, that's what makes you be able to look out into the universe and figure it out, right, and come up with E equals MC squared. I mean, hello, come on. I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to find the hope, trying to find the joy. I'm going to give you some more tips on the other side. You're listening to MLP.
To the Middle Speak Show. I'm your host, Latani Davison. Now, I've been wanting to drop some, like, all my quirky stuff today. I just, I said, man, I, I, you gotta go with it. You gotta go with it. I haven't heard some BC Boys in a minute. And when I think of, when I think of our kids on the spectrum, it's like, I love the quirkiness about them. Um, I've worked with so many kids uh, that are on the spectrum, again, raising a child on the spectrum, and I just have this, this, I don't know. It's a, uh, I, got, I got a soft spot for them, right? I got a soft spot for these kids because they they just are so out of the box with their thinking, but they're so special, man. Um, and and that's what I want for I want people to be able to see, you know, this Autism Awareness Month. You know, we look at it as a disability, but in so many ways, it's like it's a, it's a new thing to us. Uh, but it, it, it used to be, that was the weird kid, right? But I think of Eminem. I think of, you know, you look at how much you loved his music. And when he first came out, how quirky he was. Dr. Dre went with it. And I don't know if at the time he had the diagnosis but or, you know, he had put it out. But the fact of the matter is, is we love the quirkiness of Eminem. We even think about it. We love the quirkiness of of Einstein, right? It said that Einstein dude couldn't even tie his shoes till he was like thirteen, and even then, he wouldn't tie his shoes. Uh, you any, any picture you've ever seen of Einstein, he's disheveled. So I'm just saying, you know, he's they're different, but there's something about them. You know, there's something about them. Um, and, you know, obviously we're going to intervene when it comes to education. We're going to intervene when it comes to the social issues, uh, issues at home, things like that. But overall, man, let's also find a way to work with what they, what they have and who they are and how they function. I think we could, think we could make that happen. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to note, uh, I know that, you know, autism, we understand that autism affects boys at a greater rate, at a high, much, much higher rate than it does girls, okay? 
overall, the average, uh, one in 68 children, okay? But for the boys, far higher at one in 42, okay? And what they're thinking is, you know, a lot of people may be like, why is that? Well, you may be looking at some of the uh, genetic factors, okay? So that may be the issue there. Um, but with girls, it can be a little bit more difficult, right, to tell if she's on the spectrum or not. So there may be a lot of girls, little girls, that are falling through uh, the cracks because they're looked at um, – a little bit differently than boys. It may it just be like they just have these intense friendships, but what you're finding out is she just doesn't know how to engage socially, right? Because remember, a large telltale sign about autism is a difficulty to engage socially. Well, with girls, you may be looking at it like, oh, those are just mean girls, or she's just, you know, they're just fighting. It's typical. But your daughter may be having difficulty over time engaging with other kids, Okay, so it's something that you want to bring up if you're getting your child assessed. Okay, um, just something to keep in mind. Um, I'm just, I'm just hoping, I'm hoping to give somebody some, some understanding, some knowledge, and some hope today. That's really what the goal of this is. Uh, for a lot of parents out there, um, you may want to look into getting your child. Um, depending on how much it impacts their education consider that education is your child's work so you may have to look into something um, like uh, getting them on disability so that you can have the resources to get them help uh, because again the earlier you get interventions the earlier you can get them help a lot of local here in the United States a lot of the local uh, county mental health facilities, they're starting to have more programs that are geared towards kids on the spectrum. So you've got that as a local resource uh, where you live. So I definitely want you guys to start um, start looking into that because they can intervene socially. You can do occupational therapies. You can do speech therapy. Uh, you have the applied behavioral analysis therapy. You have different approaches that can help the child to be able to reason a little bit better, to start to look at situations that they're able to evaluate a little better. And so you can see some of those behaviors um, that don't serve them well uh, to kind of, you know, you can reduce those. And they have a better quality of life. That's, that's really what it comes down to. It's we just want our kids to be able to get out there and function better. We're not going to take away the diagnosis. We're not going to, um, you know, take away who they are and what they are. Let me throw out some, let me go down the list of tips here. I already said it. You need to be an advocate for your child. You must be an advocate for your child. I can't say it any, any more clearly. There is no one else that is going to step up for your child but you. And so you can set yourself up to be an enemy of your kids. I've seen it. I've seen where, again, a parent is just simply, you're going to do what I say. You're going to do it as I said to do it. And this is the way my parents did it, not even recognizing the differences of their own child. So I'm just trying to say to you, you know, the sooner you get the information, the sooner you get a diagnosis, the sooner, the, the easier it is for you to be able to advocate for your child because you understand what the limitations are. Okay.
um, you may need to start to structure your day for your child. I'm going to tell you straight up, I am a non-structured type of person, but so the worst thing that could be for my son was to be unstructured. And I was like, oh, no big deal. You know, you can just live and, you know, everything's cool. That probably is not the best thing for these kids uh, per se. They may need a little bit of structure. And when I say structure, I don't mean like rigid, you know, military type of structure because you can actually, it can be detrimental to that child because what they need is time for their minds to adjust to situations, okay? Remember, like I said, a human being is a big old antenna, okay? It's a big nervous system just responding to its its um, environment. And so if you're putting all this pressure on this person who's already struggling to deal with the environment, you're 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 ready for the short circuit that's what's coming that's why a lot of these kids end up breaking down like i said to you it might not be a big deal to take your child into uh you know into the grocery store after a long day at school i mean how many of us even want to go shopping after we've been working but you take a child who already is more likely to get overloaded by sound and sight you're just you're asking for the meltdown and then you wonder why you get the meltdown. Then you punish the meltdown. You see how this becomes a vicious cycle. Now, if you're doing this all the time, now you're getting onto the child all the time. The child feels they can't do anything right. Now you're starting to get that resistance. And then, so one thing that frustrates me with the mental health aspect is I see these diagnoses of uh, oppositional defiant disorder in these kids. And I'm like... You just diagnose a person who's just responding, who's trying to defend being overloaded, and you're calling it bad. You're calling it negative. And, you know, it's something that we need to look at. We need to kind of consider and question, you know, the way that these diagnoses are given out because the child is already labeled with that. If you say a child is just being oppositional and defiant, you're saying you don't like to follow directions you don't like authority rather their body and mind can't deal with constant what are you doing why are you doing this why are you not doing that you don't do that right what you, you know consider that they don't have the capacity to manage that okay so structure structure the environment and it's also it, it'll help you as a parent right because the expectations will be there for the child and for you and then if they can't meet that expectation revisit it and adjust as necessary, okay? Which leads into try teaching your child to recognize when they need a break, then teaching them to communicate that they need a break, okay? We do it as parents. We do it as, as workers. You get overloaded, you take a break. Well, for us, it's like this opposite thing where it's like, no, I'm going to work you. You're going to do what I say. You're going to do it until I tell you to stop doing it, rather listening to the person's body that's telling them that they, they can't do it. Now, mind you, if you don't have a child on the spectrum, yes. Do you want to teach them endurance? Yeah, you don't want them to quit and give up. But something to consider is that a child on the spectrum is going to have a certain capacity. And once they reach that capacity, they're going to shut down. Okay? And so you've got to teach them that the shutdown is the body saying, okay, I'm done. Take a little break. Something that I implement for my son, and he's learned, you know, uh, when he gets frustrated with schoolwork take a break ask for a break one of the accommodations that you'll get 
in the school, if your child is on the spectrum, is breaks because they know that they can only handle so much, right? All of us can, but these kids even more so, okay? So communication is key. Hey, I'm I'm tired. Can I go can I go um play for 5 minutes and then come back to it? Sure. What's the problem? You know? Okay. Um flexibility. So remember, as much as you need structure, you also need to be flexible. Revisit if your structure is a little too tight and they're breaking down, revisit that. Please do not compare your child's abilities to other kids. If little Sammy plays baseball and that's his thing and he's athletic, your child may not be. And that's okay. Okay? Um, I don't, I don't know how much more we could say, but there, there's nothing to compare. Um, if one of your, and I say this to, if you have multiple kids, please, please stop comparing your kids. Each has individual abilities. Especially between sexes. I mean, girls are going to have a particular way that they study and focus and learn. <coughs> Boys have another way. Put them on the spectrum, whole other different way, okay? So let each child be an individual and address their behaviors, uh, their strengths, and their limitations. Address them individually, okay? Because what one child can do, the other one may not be able to do, and particularly if they're on the spectrum. Appreciate the way your child sees the world, right? That's why I said, man, where would we be without Einstein, Mozart, Eminem? If you liked Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd says what he believes is a lot of his focus was his ability to write that film he attributes to his autism. He says that, and you can look it up for yourself, he, he talks about you know just uh, knowing that his obsession to get something completed, boom. I mean, how many of us in the 80s enjoyed Ghostbusters? And, and that's the result of someone on the spectrum, right? So just think about it, appreciate it. It's a beautiful thing, right? Help your child learn how to apply new skills to different situations. So. Uh, you know, they may be able to, um, they may be able to do something in one setting that they can't do in another. One thing I've found is that what your kids do at school and then what they do at home seem to be two different things. I don't, I don't even know how that works, <laughs> but, um, what you may have to do with these kids in particular is it seems to be there's no portability with their skills. So they're not always able to take skills from one setting to another, which is what this is saying. So you may have to teach them something, you know, how to clean the bathroom might be different from how to clean the kitchen. Something as simple as that, but you've got to be able to help them apply skills in different settings. That's what that is saying. So it's going to take you as a parent to expand your knowledge and your know-how, okay, to work with your child. Take interest in their interests. Remember I told you, these kids are going to obsess about particular uh, um, topics. My son's thing was bugs for, like, the longest time. I don't like no bugs, but that's okay. We, uh, we were living in New Orleans at the time, and they have an insectarium there. Latanya does not do bugs. I don't. However, we went 
to the insectarium and he was able to let his little obsession fly and there, everything he needed was there in cases perfect for me okay and have to touch nothing could have touched tarantula but i wasn't doing it he did it he was great okay so let them obsess let them obsess and you know feed into it because that's where their learning is if they love trucks you buy every truck book you can go to half price books and get them on half.com go online print up truck stuff let them color trucks let them build trucks take them to see trucks feed into it because they will learn and they will grow from it okay and you never know what they'll create down the line this is going to be one that's huge it's going to be difficult for a lot of parents allow your child to self-soothe okay if you have a child that is overwhelmed listen to me one of the worst things you can say to a person and i want you to put yourself in this position close your eyes say think to yourself you are not calm you are mad right you are angry to the highest levels of anger and then someone says calm down i need you to calm down i'm in my mind i'm ready to punch the person in the throat right because <laughs> just the worst thing you could say let your child feel it feelings are okay and with these kids in particular because remember they feel things at a higher level let them feel let them feel you know you can give them a time frame to feel uh, but a lot of times the body and the mind can only you know stay in a certain state for so long anyway for they either pass out or they calm down but one good thing for if your child's on the spectrum is you want them to be able to communicate what they don't like so you kind of you know if you're shutting down the response you will never know what the source of the response is so let's say your child doesn't like tags in their shirt and you see it anytime you put on this particular shirt they're you know they get annoyed or you know or there's a particular store i remember we could not go to chuck e cheese we weren't having no part of no chuck e cheese okay so that's another thing um you know knowing what they need what the source is and then let them be able to tell you okay i don't like this shirt okay we're buying tagless t-shirts from now on something autistic parents of autistic kids know never underestimate how much they actually understand okay a lot of times these kids aren't able to tell you what they know they aren't able to tell you what they think immediately give them a chance i'm one i'm that parent i want to answer now give me an answer quick 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 what's the problem what are you doing a lot of times it takes them time to process their thoughts so you may need to give them a little bit of time so let's say they do something you say to your child um you know why did you do that nine times out of ten i need y'all to think if you saw the movie rain man anytime he was asked a question he said i don't know i don't know i don't know and that's something i have experienced working with these kids is you're going to ask them a question uh a million times and they don't know so what you may need to do is give them a little bit of time they may understand it but they just can't communicate it okay another great one empower them to solve their own problems okay these kids are quick to say no i'll do it myself i do it myself leave me alone i do it myself okay so what you want to do is if you do have a child like that you want to let them um 
You want to let them figure it out. Okay? Give them a time frame again. You want to give them a little bit, you know, of time to kind of figure it out. And, um, you know, you may say, okay, I'm going to let you try a couple times. But, you know, other then, you know, after three times, then mom's going to have to help you. Okay? But give them a chance. Listen to them calmly and with an open mind. Um, a lot of these kids, um, they're going to push back, right? You're going to get that defiance, but it's not because they're defiant. It's because they have a way that they have to approach the world that we don't understand. And that's one thing you learn about these kids is the way they do what they do is so, a lot of times it's very meticulous and, and I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm like, don't do it like that. And what I have found, I'm going to share this with you, fam. I shut my own child down. Okay. He does not even want to help insert. He used to be so helpful. And I mean, would offer to do certain things. Uh, but now, you know, he, he, it's, he, he told me, he said, well, I don't really want to help because you wouldn't let me. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Okay. So go ahead and let them try. Okay. Even if they're going to mess it up, let them try. You can fix it. Um, remember that diagnosis doesn't define your child. Uh, try to laugh through all the bizarre situations. Yes, there's going to be some bizarre situations when you have this diagnosis. They are a trip, man. The things they say and do out of the pocket. But I'm going to tell you what, those make for, uh, if you think down the line of, you know, think of the, the creativity of their minds, how they're out of the box. Steve Jobs, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> come on. Apple, if, if that doesn't say it enough, of someone on the spectrum and their ability to create from thinking outside of the box. And he was obsessive about it, right? Build relationships with your child's school. Be prepared to advocate for your child's needs. Just had this conversation today. There will be no better advocate than you, okay? Um, ABA therapy, you have all these different types of therapy that are out there that are available. Um, you've got to find the one that fits. Continually research about autism. You're going to be the best, okay? You're going to be the number one person, the go-to. The family's going to need to hear from you, okay? People at the school are going to need to hear from you. Know when you need to take a break. I can't say, I'm say it again. Know when you need to take a break, mom, dad. Have supportive people around you. If you have a family that doesn't understand and they're throwing that old school stuff at you, no, nah, ain't nothing wrong with him. Just take that belt and get on it. Find other parents. There are support groups um, around. Find them, okay? Can't say it enough. And take care of yourself as parents. Make sure, you know, you're going to give a lot of time to your kids, um, but make sure that you're caring for yourself. The last and most important is it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about your child at the end of the day. I used to obsess myself about was I doing the right thing? And I remember a big part of what I struggled with was discipline my child. Everybody would be like, oh, you got to do this. You got to treat them this way, you know, spank them like this. And if you don't spank them, this is the kind of behavior you're going to get. And you know what? I, so I did that and then it was detrimental to my child. A lot of these kids, again, are neurologically sensitive and they can't handle, they can't handle 
the level of discipline that some of parents want to give. They can't handle yelling, and they can't handle physical punishment, okay? So you've got to get with a good practitioner. A lot of therapists will, more than anything, train you as a parent in how to engage your child, okay? But some of these old school ways, you've been trying it, you're going to end up with a depressed child. I can tell you, I've seen it. They cannot take it. Physically can't take it. You'd be like, oh, I'm trying to build them up mentally, but you break them down in their soul. Okay? You break them down emotionally, and once you have a broken child, particularly when they have autism, in my experience, kids who have autism, what you put in more than anything, and this goes with any child, but particularly with kids on the spectrum, what you put in, you're going to get out. Garbage in, garbage out. Meanness in, uh, negativity in, negativity out. Okay? I've seen it. All right. Balance. Balance. Doesn't mean throw out your, your discipline and your corrections. Now we're saying here. I'm saying balance. Okay? It, so much to say. Uh, so much to say, so much to offer. I hope that I've given you some tips and some direction of which to go today. Um, I'm living it with you. I'm walking it with you, and I'm trying to help other parents. Uh, my goal ultimately is to somehow uh, want to, you know, kind of consolidate all of this and and just kind of put some of the information out there, what I see and what we can be doing better with these kids because I think a lot of them are slipping through the cracks. And that's not a good thing. And if they're ending up in, you know, primarily mental health facilities and, and uh, juvenile hall, not a good thing for our future. These, these are potential Einsteins, y'all. Potential Tesla. Potential Steve Jobs. Right? Potential Jerry Seinfelds for the comedians, man. They're funny kids. Um, and a lot of what you take as obsession now as a child becomes passion and focus as an adult so we can harness the best of this right but as always you got to talk about it you got to talk about it do not sweep it under the rug if you have a child in your family it's okay you know approach the parent lovingly gently take them to, to lunch have you ever thought about little little Susie you know she you know I was reading about autism and Man, I saw some of these, and, you know, maybe the parent will be receptive, maybe not. However, the goal is to get them resources, and that's all you want to approach it. I want you to, I want her to have the best life and, and achieve the, the maximum capacity that she can achieve within her abilities. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, I'm just, um, I'm an advocate, man. I love our, I love our kids on the spectrum, and I, I, I think that we can take whatever this the, the source is. I don't know if it's genetic, environmental. That's a whole other topic, a whole other debate, right? But nonetheless, it's here. And as long as we keep learning what, what it is and what to do with it, uh, we can be able to help them, right? And we can understand them more than anything. So go out there, get them assessed, see a practitioner, there, there are ways to help them engage better. Let me give you contact, www.mentalspeakradio.com. 
You can hit me up at lt at mentalspeakradio.com. FBRN.us is our website. Other amazing shows along with Mental Speak that broadcasts uh, daily. Um, you can get some food for your soul, man. We've got some great things going on here. Um, I am going to give you a rebroadcast of a, of a great show because I'm going to be in L.A. next week. I'm going to be at the Comics Rock Convention. Hope Flood, she says it's the last one. I don't know, but that's where I'm going to be. Um, out there, just we'll see what's what, man. I got I got a showcase going on. So if you're in L.A. next Thursday, I'll be at the Comedy Union at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, I would love to see you in the house, to all my L.A. fam, uh, to our Fishbowl Mental Speak listeners around the globe, man. You guys rock. You rock, you rock. I'm so grateful for you tuning in every week. It is, it's a joy to be here, man. It's a joy to talk about the things that I, I like to think that we've been needing to talk about for a long time. And I'm just grateful to have the platform to do it. And I'm grateful to have your ear so that I can uh, get, the, get the information out there and hopefully you share it. Okay? Eminem. Eminem. Marshall Mathers himself, y'all. Autistic. He says it. He says it. But he's been doing some great things with rap. We love it. Um, you can find me here on Fridays, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. on the Red Stream. Broadcasting from the Red Bull. I want to see you back. Okay? Thank you so much for listening in today. He's broke, he knows that, but he's broke He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home